You are now listening to Music Legends with your host, Chili Will. Welcome to the Music Legends podcast with me, Chili Willie, aka Heartbreak Billy. On today's episode, we talk about a 33-year-old Aquarius who's currently worth $8 million. He's a rapper, a rapper that even presidents can love. Barack Obama has been reported saying, quote, This is the benefit of having teenage daughters. I actually keep up. I love J. Cole. Unquote. Now that goes a long way coming from one of the leaders of our free nation. And if you don't already know, the music legend I'm talking about is J. Cole. Love yours. Love yours. No such thing. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. J. Cole is a rapper. That much, you probably already know. But technically, he's a German rapper. Well, he's a rapper who was born on an American army base in Frankfurt, Germany. He moved to North Carolina a short time later. He didn't even learn German. When his parents met, it was the classic story of male woman meets soldier and falls in love. But that's not what you're all here to hear, is it? You want to know about what happened next. Well, nine months later, a little baby boy pops up. His mom and dad decide to name him Jermaine. Everything was great. It wasn't long before they had another baby boy named Zach. Unfortunately, it didn't work out between the male woman and the soldier. So the male woman, J. Cole's mother, decided to move back to Fayetteville, North Carolina, to her hometown. Now working multiple jobs and trying to pay her rent with two children, someone else was also struggling, just in a different way. Young J. Cole was a shy kid, and he never felt like he fit in because of his mixed heritage. Quote, I identify with white people because I know my mother, her side of the family, who I love. But at the end of the day, I've never felt white. I can identify with white people, but never have I felt like I'm one of them. I identify more with what I look like because that's how I got treated, but not necessarily in a negative way, unquote. J. Cole's father, being African-American, and his mother, being German-American, turns out to be a blessing and a curse for him. But like he said, quote, I identify more with what I look like because that's how I got treated, unquote. J. Cole played the violin for a number of years and even played his first chair in his high school orchestra. By the time he was 12, he decided to try out a different instrument, his mouth. J. Cole, his brother, and countless friends already listened to this new style of music. But it wasn't till his cousin from Louisiana came out to visit and rapped freestyle a cappella for J. Cole which sounds a little something like this. I won't stop, though, a chip off the old block. I'm from a city where niggas hold glocks. Leave you looking like old socks. Cops patrol blocks, plotting on us. Them boys is rotten, I know they want us. Probably arrest a nigga, get a bonus. You kill a nigga, get promoted. Shit is crazy, girls getting babies for they... That inevitably convinced J. Cole to try it. And it came natural. He was automatically rhyming things like soldier with doja. And not only that, but he developed a great love for the beats of hip-hop music and the groove and style that seemed to go perfectly with his other passion, basketball. But we'll talk about that a little later. The next year, after J. Cole had been wrapping up a storm, Christmas comes, and sure enough, 13-year-old J. Cole got just what he had on his wish list. It was a $1,300 ASXR music sampler. 
That's a lot of money, especially for his mother who's still struggling to pay her bills. But she could see the fiery passion in his eyes. And he agreed to skip out on a birthday present and buy his own clothes for the next year. But it wasn't until now that J. Cole could finally start creating the beats that he grew to love so much. Right about now, J. Cole also started performing, live, at open mics with some older friends who called themselves Bomb Shelter. Bomb Shelter is actually still together today. Here's one of their latest tracks, featuring J. Cole himself. At 14 years old, J. Cole was now in a rap crew and performing, so he had to have a name. So with Bomb Shelter, fitting in with the theme of not pronouncing R's, he decided to call himself Blaza when on stage. Several years later, he commented, quote, We used to look through the dictionary for rap names, unquote. And armed with the dictionary, he decided to change his stage name to The Therapist. Unfortunately, when the internet took off and he had the URL that looked like The Rapist, he decided to stick to the name his mama gave him. It was J. Cole's freshman year of high school, and he decided to try out for the basketball team. He didn't make it, but he stuck around as the manager for the team. He made some really good friends, one of them being the captain and the MVP who he would frequently stay late after practice with and play one versus one full court games. J. Cole tried out again the next year for the basketball team. And this time, he made it. By his senior year, he took his friend's place as team captain and MVP. You're looking at LeBron James of the game. I can do anything that you name. I can blaze any rapper in the game that you bring. Pour gasoline on the brain, got the flame for that. So you hating niggas, refrain from that. A little bit of kitchen game is whack. I let a league breathe. Yeah. J. Cole's head coach for his varsity basketball team at his high school was reported saying years later, quote, I met Jermaine his freshman year and was there with him all the way until his graduation in 2003. He didn't make the team as a freshman, so he was the manager. He stuck around, stuck it out, and didn't quit on it. Very confident young man, talked quite a bit, but also willing to put in the work to get better and hone his craft." Unquote. By his senior year, he was a basketball star. That meant he had to keep his grades up, and he ended up graduating high school with a 4.2 GPA. He was so focused on school and basketball, it didn't give him much time to focus on his music. So he thought about it, he meditated on it, and he decided to take his music more seriously and moved to New York to pursue it. The New York Times. Extra, extra, read all about it. You can win anywhere, you can win here. And you ain't been nowhere, you ain't been here. Well, so hard, yeah, really, in the game, man. Same place, different face, on the train, man. New York, New York. Hop on the F train. He received an academic scholarship to St. John's University, hugged his mom goodbye, and headed off into the sunset to study computer science? J. Cole was reported saying, quote, I actually started off majoring in computer science, but I knew right away I wasn't gonna stay with it. It was because I had this one professor who was the loneliest, saddest man I ever known. He was a programmer, and I knew that I didn't wanna do whatever he did. So after that, I switched to communications. I took some dope-ass classes, pottery, history of music, history of film, we watched all these movies that wound up getting nominated for Oscars, like Slumdog Millionaire, unquote. 
I think you're beginning to see now that J. Cole is a smart cookie, but he's way more of a creative cookie. So he ended up changing his major, and he kept studying hard. His sole focus was now rapping and graduating college. He kept grinding for four years straight and ended up graduating in the top 25% of his class. However, he did not receive his degree. Legend has it, he had a couple textbooks he had rented, but he never paid back, so his university decided not to give him his diploma. Living in New York is expensive. At the time, J. Cole was living in a one-room apartment for $1,800 per month rent. So when I say he was grinding, I mean it. I guess the neighbors think I'm selling dope, selling dope. J. Cole was broke, and he slipped on rent more than a few times. Luckily, his landlord, Muhammad Yukulai, liked him enough to let it slide after he begged and pleaded and promised he'd pay him back. Maybe Muhammad saw that fire in J. Cole's eyes that I think by now we're all beginning to see. J. Cole had several odd part-time jobs in his time staying in New York City, including, ironically, a bill collector, a newspaper boy. He even awoke his now distant passion of basketball by coaching kids in Queens. He tried out for the St. John's University basketball team his freshman year of college, but he was too focused on his music to attend any callbacks, which is why this was now a distant passion. Although J. Cole was starting to develop a real following around his university for his music, he was still lacking in two things, time and money. J. Cole was in his senior year of college, still grinding hard, putting out mixtapes, and getting straight A's, but still not yet a legend. J. Cole has never been the type for partying, but when a friend of his, who was an intern at the hip-hop record company Def Jam, asked him if he wanted to go to a party, he knew not to shy away from this opportunity. Quote, There was this girl at my school who interned at the label Def Jam, and she was like, hey y'all, wanna come to the 4040 tonight? There's like a sweet 16. And I was like, sweet 16? I ain't going to no sweet 16. She was like, all right, well, I heard Kanye gonna be there, Swizz Beats, you know. She named like all these people, and I was like, 4040, Jay-Z might be there. I was already trying to get a deal, so I was like, all right, let's go, unquote. Two hours later, he was ready with his pockets filled to the brim with his mixtape and wearing a shirt that said, produce for Jay-Z or die trying. I gave my CD to somebody. I don't even remember who they were, Cole recalled. I gave one to Plain Pat, that's Kanye's A&R. And then some dude who was just Blaze's brother. I gave one to him. I was giving my beat CD to whoever because once I took off my button up shirt, everyone saw my shirt and what it said, produce for Jay-Z or die trying. And then Jay-Z ended up walking right past me, but I didn't even see him until it was too late. I'm telling you, it was a crazy night, he added. Kanye was there, Swizz Beats to my left. It was like an unsigned artist's dream, but ain't nothing really happened from it. At least I got some motivation from it, unquote. Some people would leave this party broken and guilt-ridden, but not J. Cole. This gave him more motivation than ever to get Jay-Z's attention. After being up close and personal, 
he knew he could do it. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Hello, Mr. Nice Watch. You don't want no problems. Put yourself in a tight spot so you can look, but don't touch. I stay on my toe like a white sock. Cause it cost me a lot. My chain and my watch. They say time is money. After J. Cole had just graduated college, all his friends were getting jobs, and he was still making mixtapes. In fact, he had just made his most professional mixtape yet, the warm-up. But he was beginning to feel desperate. Through this feeling, an idea emerged. He went to buy a bottle of E&J and put a CD of his newest mixtape in his pocket. J. Cole knew Jay-Z would be at the studio sometime that day recording his latest album, American Gangsta. So he rode his bike down to Rock the Mic Studios with a freshly burnt CD and a bottle of E&J, waiting, hoping, praying for Jay-Z. The waiting. There's always more waiting. And then, it's night. The rain begins to pour. Two hours go by. J. Cole's stomach is full of cheap liquor and raging butterflies as an expensive car pulls up. Hova has arrived. For a young man that once wore a produced for Jay-Z or die trying shirt, that was it. The reason he had moved to New York. Attending college in the city of dreams instead of staying in his home state of North Carolina. Standing in front of the man who could hand him his ticket off cheap couches and overdue rent, but words refuse to form. J. Cole stutters and stammers. Jay-Z sees the CD in his hands. What was Jay-Z's reaction right after he saw the CD in J. Cole's hands? Find out right after this short break. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Chili Willy. And if you're listening to this, it probably means you're a fan of either good hip-hop or a fan of good podcasts. Either way, if you've come this far, I'm a fan of you. But enough with the lovey-dovey talk. I have some big news. I have a friend who just released a brand new song on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, anywhere you can play audio. It's actually the one that's playing in the background right now. So as I'm sure you can tell, it's a pretty nice, laid-back, chill song. But behind the chill lies one of my favorite themes, good vibes only. So if you want to get to know the full meaning behind good vibes only, check it out. Get up and on your nearest streaming service and look up good vibes only. But for now, let's get back to music legends. Jay-Z sees the CD in J. Cole's hands. A wall goes up in his eyes. I don't want that. Give it to one of them, Jay-Z says. As J. Cole felt the rain smack against his face, riding his bike all the way home, I can't help but think he was starting to feel hopeless, ready to drop the mic, and not in a good way. I see the rain pouring down Before my very eyes Should come as no surprise a whole year goes by after J. Cole had sit outside Jay-Z's studio. He was still rapping, but mostly just freestyling in his free time and such. But then, J. Cole gets a call seemingly out of the blue from Jay-Z's Hello? assistant hey, saying he'd like to meet and talk about a record deal. Now, it might have seemed random at the time, but go back to that party a couple years ago when J. Cole wore the Produce for Jay-Z or Die Tryin' shirt. And it turns out he gave his CD to Plain Pat, who's Kanye's A&R. Then Kanye's A&R gave it to another very powerful man named Mark Pitts, 
who's the president of Urban Music at a little place called RCA Records. He then played this for Jay-Z, who's also another very powerful man. And Jay-Z, at that moment, remembered J. Cole standing on the sidewalk a year ago. Jay-Z was not only impressed after finally hearing J. Cole's music, but impressed with his perseverance and saw that fire in his eye. This led to a three-hour meeting, which led to multiple meetings. In this industry, waiting always leads to more waiting. But conveniently, Jay-Z was looking for up-and-coming rappers to sign for his new record label, Rock Nation. And finally, boom, J. Cole became the first rapper signed under Jay-Z's label, Mic Drop. Straight up, now tell me, do you really want to love me forever? Oh, 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 or is it just the hit and run? <laughs> hey, we got a good thing. Don't know if I'ma see you again. But is that a good thing? Cause girl, I can't be your man. The fire in J. Cole's eyes was burning hotter and brighter than ever before. So he went on to make another mixtape that year and guest featuring on tracks with big name hip hop artists. This is when he started recording his debut album. It immediately climbed to the top spot in the Billboard 200 chart in the very first week of its release. He followed the success of his first album with yet another one in 2013 titled Born Sinner, which featured other huge artists such as Kendrick Lamar, TLC, Miguel. This album made its debut on the Billboard at number two spot and went on to sell more than 25,000 copies in the first week alone. In the third week, the album gained even more popularity and reached the top spot in the much coveted chart. The very next year, J. Cole's on a roll. He made a comeback with yet another solid album titled 2014 Forest Hills Drive, which is the actual address of his mother's home in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where he lived growing up. He since bought the property, which may have helped inspire the album. His mother no longer lives there. She probably lives in a mansion. However, J. Cole still uses the house as a rent-free safe house for single mothers to stay until they can make some money for their own place. 2014 Forest Hills Drive, despite being not promoted well enough and announced just a couple weeks before its release, became a massive hit as soon as it hit the markets and debuted at number one spot in most of the charts. One of the singles from the album titled, Apparently, was nominated for Grammy Awards in the Best Rap Performance segment, and the album also ended up grabbing a nomination for the Best Rap Album Award. J. Cole knows how to put his head down and work. That's what keeps him out of the spotlight. J. Cole still lives in New York, but he can now finally pay his rent. In fact, he has since paid back his old landlord, Muhammad, plus interest, for all the times he let him slip out on paying rent. It really does take 10 years to make an overnight success, and Muhammad the Landlord is now rich. J. Cole may still live in a one-bedroom apartment in New York, but he doesn't live alone anymore. Surprise, he's got a family. J. Cole has been going steady with a woman named Melissa Hayholt for about 10 years now. They met when he was still in college and are now rumored to have a baby daughter together. They're both relatively private people. However, you can only be a certain degree of private when you're a famous rapper. She, on the other hand, is an event planner and is about as far away as you can get from the spotlight. She doesn't even have a Facebook. Trust me, I checked. More money. <laughs> yeah, more money, blow money, show money. 
Party money, side hole money, dope money, new clothes money from shit that I wrote money. So much money, I don't know who stole from me. J. Cole, as you can imagine, has a ton of money now. But he doesn't just blow it on cars and watches like your stereotypical rapper would. Instead, he started his own record label. Well, he co-started it. See, he started it back when he was still in college, actually, with one of his fellow classmates, Ibrahim Hamid. They were pretty good friends in college. But Ibrahim went down the path of starting his own record label, when J. Cole went down the path of releasing his own music. Now, this is actually a pretty good combination to have when you're starting a record label. So J. Cole stayed in touch with Ibrahim, and now, having the funds to support it, he made his dream record label a real thing, hence the name. Dreamville. He's also started a nonprofit organization called the Dreamville Foundation, which was, quote, created to build the gap between the worlds of opportunity and the urban youth of Cole's hometown in Fayetteville, North Carolina. With thousands of volunteers, the foundation conducts activities such as an annual back-to-school supply giveaway to provide supplies for school children. The foundation has also launched a book club for young men and also sponsors things like writing contests and Mother's Day brunches for students. It sponsors an annual weekend of Fayetteville community events called the Dreamville Weekend that features a discussion with the Young Men's Book Club and Appreciation Dinner, even a career day panel of African-American professionals in a variety of fields. Let's go back in time to 2011, right after J. Cole got signed and got a record deal. He decided to go on tour, which is probably something any rapper would do with the adrenaline of getting signed. But this was not any old tour. He called it the Dollar and a Dream Tour. Believe it or not, he only charged one dollar for tickets to the show. This is not something any rapper would do. This is someone who has an immense empathy and care for others, which is one of the things that makes his music so relatable. J. Cole is someone who's always had a certain fire in his eye that was contagious to anyone who was around him. And you can still see it at a live show, and it's absolutely beautiful. In fact, I think you can even hear it in his music. And for this, J. Cole is a music legend. Second guessing. When life seems to take you through more downs than ups. Seems like it gives you more losses than wins. But do you stand tall and be bold? Or do you fold? Thank you all so much for listening to Music Legends. If you haven't already, share it with some friends. And if you liked what you just heard, write me a good review on iTunes or wherever you listen. I know it seems like a simple little thing, but it really does mean the world to me. This episode was produced, edited, and recorded by me, Chili Willy. I also want to give a quick but big shout out to my friend and teacher, Chase Thompson, who helps a bunch as well. He's a complete badass when it comes to podcasting and pretty much anything else audio related. Thanks for everything. It's only the beginning. And for everyone else, what music legend do you want me to do next? Hit me on the email at musiclegendspodcast at gmail.com or the snail mail or a paper scroll sealed by wax. Whichever way you prefer to transfer words. This has been Music Legends with Chili.